0: Good morning and welcome. It is Pentecost Sunday. It is finally here. And I am so excited. I know God has given you an amazing, amazing word to share with us today. But before we get started, do me a favor get your keyboards ready. If you're watching on your phones, get your phones ready. And you can't really turn to a neighbor to say hello right now. If you're with someone, you can. But go ahead and turn to your virtual neighbor. (laughs) And let's say good morning to each other. You look amazing in your jammies. Um, as we get started, you look amazing in that hat, baby.
1: Thanks. <Ben. laughs> what does hope mean to you? What does hope mean to you? Uh, I think when I was really young, hope really just meant that the ice cream truck would roll by our house. I that was the extent of my hope. As I got a little bit bigger, I think my hope t- morphed into just hoping that I passed a test that I didn't that I didn't even study for and then even older I think uh, my hope quickly evolved into um, hoping that my dad would not kill me when I crashed the car Uh, it's kind of funny how we can place our hope in things as as we're young and immature we don't know any better but then as we grow and we mature and we realize our faith We recognize that hope is not a response to a circumstance, but it's really just about Jesus. And understanding that our our circumstances are not these small incidences that pop up, but it's the grand scheme of our entire life is our hope needs to be placed in Jesus. This is Pentecost Sunday. This is historically the Sunday where the Holy Spirit came into the world and just went wild. Right, this is the moment where people could be saved and then mm-hmm. had the power and authority of the Holy Spirit to see change in the world. And we're going to be jumping into Acts chapter two today. So go ahead and open up your Bibles, flip over to that. And it's it's really historically the story of Pentecost. And I, I want to dive into some heavy topics in regarding the Pentecost and what the Holy Spirit is doing in us the history, and all of it. So Acts chapter 2, this is uh, 50 days, 50 days after Jesus uh, died and rose. So it's 50 days later, has passed, and this is the moment where the Holy Spirit comes out on the earth. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like blowing Because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that that each of us hears them in our native language? And then jumping down to verse 11. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Our, our sermon series is entitled is titled "Can't Cancel Hope. That's this idea of no matter where we're at, what we've been uh, locked down, isolated, no matter what's happened, you can't cancel hope. because hope is not a situation. It's not something small. Hope is a name and that name is Jesus. You can't cancel Jesus. That's ridiculous to even try to think that. We can't cancel hope. We've been looking every single week. We've been looking at uh, a person who's stuck in a place, stuck in a hole, stuck in a boat, stuck in a cave. It's kind of like this, this season of stuck, right? And, and they are relying on hope. And we've looked at their stories, and we've pulled out these life lessons and action items to stretch our own faith based on what they are going through in their hope moments. And in today's message... We're going to be looking at a character in the Bible who's probably stuck the longest in the whole Bible. Who's been holding on to hope for the longest time. Who's been sitting and just in wait for a very long time. And, and it's awesome. I love that we're preaching on Pentecost and looking at this character who's stuck. This is what we just read is the ending of isolation and separation from the Holy Spirit to creation. I want us to to look at the shoes of the Holy Spirit, put ourselves in the Holy Spirit's perspective, in His shoes, if you will. Because up to this moment, the Holy Spirit has been separated from humanity, isolated, if you will, socially distanced, because the disease on the world was sin and Jesus had not come to die yet so the Holy Spirit could cancel isolation wow. right so we're looking at this character who's, who's been socially distanced since forever <laughs> and now unleashes inside of this room and what, what, is, what does hope mean to you what does hope mean to you and to, to us, it, it needs to be Jesus. And, and for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's hope was Jesus. And I love that. I love realizing that. Because the Holy Spirit was in wait, and its hope was Jesus, would bridge the gap between humanity and heaven. And the only hope that the Holy Spirit could have is that Jesus would fulfill his purpose. I want to look at the first reference in the Bible to the Holy Spirit. It's in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So I don't know if you can imagine this, but complete darkness, the world was formless, it was void, and the Holy Spirit is hovering. And and the the word here in the Hebrew is brooding. It's the same word that we get of when a hen broods on top of her egg, hovering in wait to be in unity, to, to bring out this new life, to be seeing what has come out. And so the Holy Spirit is in wait and we have to go from Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 to Acts chapter 2 in wait the Holy Spirit has just been waiting this entire time isolated from his creation waiting for his hope that is Jesus to link the two heaven to earth and it's just going back to our theme scripture for this entire sermon series, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. I mean, keep this perspective as we read this verse. Right, not only as as our hope is an anchor and our hope is Jesus, the Holy Spirit's anchor is the same as ours. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Our our hope is like this anchor. We've talked about it before. It links us to God. And as the Holy Spirit is sitting on the other side of creation, if you will, the anchor is sitting there where the Holy Spirit dwells and is anchored to us. And as soon as Jesus enters, dies and raises again, the Holy Spirit gets to join us. I mean, I, I look at having this revelation of what the Holy Spirit has been waiting for this entire time really makes Acts chapter 2 a celebration, mm-hmm. right? When you take the perspective, because I've always read that story, is my, my perspective is like the people, right? We're sitting there, we're waiting for the Holy Spirit to to come and bring the gifts of, of peace, joy, love, kindness all of it right We want all the fruits and we're sitting there and, and our perspective is always humanity but the the cool perspective is the Holy Spirit finally gets to step in to his purpose and his calling, which he's been waiting for since the creation of the universe blows my mind to put myself in in that perspective, those shoes Jesus became the bridge from earth to heaven, but at the same time the same moment, he also became the bridge from heaven to earth so what does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? it's Pentecost, we gotta talk about the Holy Spirit on Pentecost not just that, it fits in our sermon series so well but what does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? I think I don't know. So many people get confused, get worrisome, get like there's a bad taste in people's mouth about the Holy Spirit. right? And I, I heard this once and I love saying it. The Holy Spirit is not creepy or crazy. There's just creepy or crazy people. Okay, don't don't mix up with some some weird people did at one point with and associate that with the Holy Spirit, right? We're not going to stereotype the Holy Spirit based off of one person's actions. We don't want to bring stereotypes into this. So, what does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? I want, I, I love bringing out illustrations. Have you ever dealt with rust? Have ever dealt with rust? Have you ever had something get rusty and you're like, oh no, I should deal with that. And you go back like some months later and you're like, well, that little bit of rust turned into a big hole, right? I want you to imagine a, a rusty bucket, like a pail or a metal bucket that's that's rust, rusted over, right? It's eating away, there's holes in it. We have one. And my wife said, I'm not allowed to bring that into this house <laughs> so this rusty bucket just picture it i looked up the definition of, of rust and it really means that the the metals the what's inside the bucket what's inside that the metals on the inside react to the environment on the outside okay so picture this this rusted bucket and the reason why it's in that shape is because it has reacted to the environment that it has been placed into. I love the Bible because it it really illustrates humanity as vessels or buckets or pails or whatever you want to look at, right? And the interesting thing is, if we are pails and we're buckets, we have sin that comes in our lives, and it symbolically represents rust because we have reacted to the environment that we have been placed in. In And it eats us away until we know Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit, how does the Holy Spirit factor into a rusty bucket on Pentecost Sunday? I'm glad you asked. Because the Holy Spirit's job shows up to repair, replace, fill, and then pour out that bucket. Like us, he came to restore, rebuild, rebuild, Fill and then pour out. That's his purpose. That's his goal. That is why he is here to bring restoration. So, beloved, the Holy Spirit flips our story. No longer are we impacted negatively by our surroundings, but we positively impact our surroundings. So the reason why rust happens is because it reacts to the environment that it's placed into. The reason why sin happens is because we react to the environment that we dwell in. And the Holy Spirit says, oh, I'm going to show up, and what the devil intended for evil, I'm going to turn around for good. He restores us in the environment we currently live in so that we can pour out the things of God. So the first, first part, the first aspect, the first thing of how the Holy Spirit deals with us As a rusty bucket, if you will, is he heals our brokenness. Number one, heals our brokenness. John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. We cannot be healed. When we are in denial or in love with our brokenness. Mm-hmm. If you look at a rusty bucket, I don't know if you've ever had to repair one or repair anything that's rusty. First thing you've got to do is you got to scrape down all the rust, right? The rust has to be completely removed. And then you have to start putting new metal on and welding it. That is the first step. And what the Holy Spirit does in our lives is he reminds us of what Jesus has done in our lives. He has forgiven us. And then what he does through that is he says, I'm reminding you, Jesus has saved you. Your sins are forgiven. You are adopted as a son of the King Most High. And then the crazy thing is, is he walks with us in our everyday life and says, hey, do you see that thing that I'm seeing? Because that's going against what Jesus has said to be good and and holy and, and everything. And he walks with us in this. He heals our brokenness by speaking to us and reminding us what Jesus said. The Holy Spirit points out areas that need to be cut away and removed. And then he heals us by replacing the, the broken and corrupted areas with new things. He fills us up. So number two. Fills us up. Holy Spirit fills us up. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 through 23. I'm throwing out so many scriptures today. You know, relax. It's going to be on screen. I'll have it in the comments below. So you can find it. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit. Is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, such things, there is no law. See, when we're sitting here, and we're like the rusty bucket with holes all over, and you try to pour water into it, it leaks out. And I think a lot of Christians make the mistake, and a lot of believers make the mistake, of the first thing they try to do is fill ourselves up with peace, kindness, goodness, and we try to bypass cutting away the things that need to cut away first, and we just live as an injured bucket that cannot be filled up to the brim. And we live this empty life just trying to pour things in that's always just flooding out, and it doesn't work. We will live in a broken life if we try to bypass the sin in our lives that the Holy Spirit is pointing out. it's a a shattered shell of a life. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to point out, cut it out, and then fill us up. Mm -hmm. Don't bypass any of these steps. And then the the third thing the Holy Spirit does is pours out love. Luke chapter 12, verse 12 says the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say at the moment when you need them. Now, Side note, this goes really well for like the type B personalities that are like, oh, figure it out. Holy Spirit will show up. It'll be good. Type A's, I'm sorry. It's going to be hard. You can't prepare ahead of time all the speeches you want to prepare and choose speech 73 because it fits this. No, the Holy Spirit's going to show up and give you new words and just be ready for it and don't be scared. And then I want to have that verse in our mind and go back to what we first talked about on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two, because these go hand in hand. Acts chapter two, verse eleven: We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. I think this is one of the most, like, horribly interpreted verses in the Bible. And I I do not mean to offend anyone right now, but I want you to not discount the first half of this verse for the second half. Listen to it. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. I've met so many Christians who have halted their journey, their faith walk, everything, because they're chasing after a sign of God rather than God himself. It's crazy, because when God called the Israelites out of Egypt, he said, bring them to the mount, the mountain, so they can worship me, they can know me. And the Israelites were sitting there going, well, where's my promise, where's my promise, where's my promise? And he's like, you came to see the Promiser. Please do not misinterpret the scripture saying, I haven't been saved, I don't know Jesus, I don't have the Holy Spirit because I don't speak in tongues. The first half, the first three quarters of the scripture, this is the most profound part. We hear them, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Let me put a new spin on this verse that maybe you haven't thought about or or understood or, or maybe just a way that it will encourage you today. You don't need to memorize French to show a person who speaks French the love of God. Do you know how many times I've seen the love of God declared through a cookie? Through through a lasagna dropped off at a neighbor's door after having a baby? Through a hug? I, I think we can misinterpret this scripture and think, there is only one way that God works. And that's if I do this and do this and... No. no. The scripture is very clear. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in the way that we receive it. Every person receives the love of God completely different. It's not the language thing. It's your actions behind what you do and what you say. That's all that matters. The Holy Spirit will empower you with the words, the knowledge, the wisdom, the action items to show God's love to someone else. When you are prompted to, you know, don't discount the food when you think, oh man, I feel like I should cook this thing for this person. That's literally the Holy Spirit. Infilling you in that moment to show the love of Jesus to another person. That is a form of language. We cannot discount and think that God can only have people understand his love through specific words. That's ridiculous. Actions go so far, words go so far. How is that person going to receive the love of Jesus? That's what we need to be going after. Mm-hmm. It, it literally breaks down in simplicity of saying the Holy Spirit will give you knowledge on how to communicate the love of Jesus to that person. Right? It's not going to formulate a, a perfect, structured, grammatically correct sentence in your mind that you have to speak at that time. No, the Holy Spirit will give you the knowledge and wisdom of how to share the love of Jesus with another human being. That's what it comes down to. And I've seen the the love of Jesus shared in no words with a pizza being handed out on Skid Row. Right? I, I mean, when you take a pizza and you give it to someone who is starving and when they look up at you like, are you kidding me? No words are said, and tears just start flowing because they know the love of Jesus through a pizza. The Holy Spirit will always give you understanding and knowledge of how to share the love of Jesus. Don't discount your actions. And I want to maybe speak into this a little bit more, too, is our actions, our words... So the Holy Spirit will always give us what to do and what to say so that we can pour out, just like when that bucket is repaired. All right, the rusty bucket goes to the process. Remove the rust, patch it up, fill it up, so you can pour it out at the right time. That's the goal of the Holy Spirit. Pour it out at the right time. And I want to say that a lot of times when we see people hurting, like in our country right now, where we see racism just springing up out of everywhere, where there is so much hatred going on, and it's heartbreaking. The thing not to do is be silent. See, what the Holy Spirit does is will give us the words and action and the knowledge of what to do. It'll either be an action, or it'll be a word, or it'll be something. But standing silent, doing nothing because you feel awkward, is not of the Holy Spirit. It's an action item. It's a step. It's something you say. It's something you do. And we need to understand that. Going back to Acts chapter 2, verse 11, we hear them. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. We hear them. If you have people that are hurting in your life, they need to know that you hear them. And they need to hear you this exchange of communication and actions and love that needs to happen and the Holy Spirit is the instigator of it all what do you need to do today do you have people in your life that are hurting, that you've been silent because you don't know what to do This is your moment, your day, to pray that the Holy Spirit gives you the ideas, the understanding, and the knowledge of what your next step is to show the love of Jesus to someone who is hurting around you. Amen? Amen. So getting back into Pentecost. (laughs) This is all about Pentecost. Here's, here's the thing that I was studying that blew my mind. The Holy Spirit could have shown up at any second after Jesus rose from the grave and descended to heaven. Any moment. He could, the Holy Spirit could have shown up at any moment, at any location, but he sh- chose to show up in Acts chapter 2 at a dinner party. Right? of anywhere, on the planet, at any time, it's here, at this dinner party, and contextually speaking, you have to look at, whenever a guest shows up at a place, or a guest of honor shows up, contextually speaking, it's around what's happening, the activity, the attitude of the room, what's going on, that guest will show up, and then that symbolically represents that guest's personality, I guess, if you will. And the interesting thing is the Holy Spirit could have showed up at any time, any location, but he chose to show up here and it's found in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. We read it already, but I want to reread it in the King James Version, the, the old school version. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. This was the line. This was the attitude. This was the heart. This was everything of why the Holy Spirit chose to show up in this moment. Because the Holy Spirit has been biding his time, sitting in isolation in heaven, looking down at earth, grieving over everything, wishing. Then he could step out. The Holy Spirit is essentially Rudy. Right? <laughs> I know I took a left turn on that one pretty fast. Essentially, Rudy just sitting on the sidelines saying, Put me in, coach, put me in. It's not time. Put me in. It's not time. Come on. It's not time. In the movie Rudy, he's finally lit in, in the last second of the game. And he makes the biggest play, and the Holy Spirit finally has this moment where he can make. This big play, and he says, "This is the time, because unity is happening." He says they were all in one place, in one accord, meaning all these different people were in one place, unified in love, in one mind, one heart, one location. And the Holy Spirit says, "This is my entrance. This is this is the moment I introduce myself to the world." And the, the, the takeaway here is that the Holy Spirit shows up the moment that unity across all races, across all languages, across all locations is happening. The Holy Spirit says, this is my time because I want you to know that I stand for unity. I stand to bring unity. to the Holy Spirit Spirit's entire purpose and goal and drive and job and everything, the reason why he restores our buckets, fills our buckets and pours out our buckets, the entire reason he does that is because he wants to bring unity between person and person, person and God, and God and person. See, there's three relationships the Holy Spirit is always trying to restore and bring unity to. And we miss out, and and I really think that the Holy Spirit has been put on the sidelines by the enemy so many times in people's mindsets just to bring disunity to this world. And I think it's a tragedy. The Holy Spirit has one of the worst reputations out of everything in the entire Bible to some Christians and to a lot of non-Christians a lot of it sins because if the Holy Spirit was fully working all the time, everywhere, this world would be unified. You think racism would still exist if we are all infilled by the Holy Spirit? No. Mm-mm. We need to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives every single day. Say, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Speak to me. Help me understand if there's anything I need to work on in my life. Fill me up with peace, joy, love, goodness, kindness, so that I can pour it out in my life, my family's life, my co-workers' lives, my friends' lives, people I don't even like lives. Because everyone, learned? we need to do this. The Holy Spirit is all about unity. Is one third of the Trinity. You can't just cut out a third of God. Our phrase that we keep saying in our church is doing life together. Doing life together. I have really noticed that in just coronavirus times, There's a lot of isolation. There's a lot of separation. And it's because this disease is separating us. But we're in a time where technology exists. I really challenge you to start reaching out really challenge you to, to own doing life together. You, you need to reach out. You need to be doing life with people. Even if it is digitally, even if it is on a video, even if you just want to do audio because you don't want to show your face, whatever it is, you need to do life together. And please do not take the stance of, I'm waiting on someone to reach out to me. That's not acceptable. (laughs) I was in a meeting once and someone said, uh, you never call me anymore to someone else in the meeting, right, and it was kind of like, it was right before the meeting officially started and they were like, they were just bothered, they were in a bad mood, they are like, you don't even call me anymore. And then that other person said, a phone works two ways and just left at that. And I was like, what just happened? <laughs> and I just sat there like, I'm not going to say anything. But now I know a phone works two ways. It's not, it, you, you can't just sit by and think, oh, well, woe is me. No one calls me. No one texts me. Well, yeah, you can call people too. You can text people too. You can Zoom people. You can Skype people. You can all the apps, everyone. there There's an endless amount of apps to communicate Doing life together. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, infill us today. Bring unity to our lives. Bring unity to what's going on in this nation. All the chaos of racism just running rampant. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need your unity. We need your love. We need your restoration in all of our lives. We need you to fill us up. We need you to help us understand how to demonstrate the love of Jesus to everyone we can come in contact with. In your mighty name, amen. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're about to jump into a worship song entitled Holy Spirit. Let this be your moment with God let this be your moment to receive the Holy Spirit if you're saying I don't know how to do that it's easy quiet your mind raise your hands up and just say Holy Spirit I invite you into my life and then just be quiet before this worship song that's it
2: will ever come close No thing can compare You're our living home Your presence mm. I've tasted and seen how the sweetest of love Shame is a... To be overcome by your presence. Oh. your presence your presence,
0: Lord, my your your presence. presence. Your presence. well I really hope you enjoy that time that sweet sweet time with the Holy Spirit so it was just so, so good to just be like a sponge and soak, soak it all in um I wanted to address something. Um, If you need somebody to talk to, if you're one of those kind of people who needs to process things out loud, please call us. Please email us. Whether you need to talk about, if you have more questions about the Holy Spirit, email us, call us, message us. If you need to just talk through things that are going on in the midst of COVID, um, of being under the stay-at-home order, um, if you need to process out loud, uh, and just kind of dig through all, all the racial injustices that are happening right now. We're here to listen. Yeah. We're here to talk things out with you and, and, and help with that processing time. Um, and I challenge you that as we are celebrating Pentecost, that you would be expectant of the Lord to, to use you to do big things. Um, would you expect him to show up? And to use you and just be so ready for that because it'll be so good. It'll be so good. I promise you that. Um so I just wanted to let you in on some announcements. Uh we have our time of <coughs> excuse me of uh, tithing and offering so you can go to the website lighthouse805.com and go to our giving page and give that way. Um we also have our children's fund where you can designate funds to to that and so we are dreaming and planning away with that. Uh be on the lookout for our newsletter, our weekly weekly newsletter uh where we fill you in on just what's going on and just some fun stuff that we're doing um and just a little we always have some scripture to encourage you uh for the week in there as well um and if you are not following us yet on social media um please do that you know keep it that's another way to keep in touch of doing life together of being able to communicate uh, we, we would love to chat with you there Uh, So follow us on social media, Lighthouse805, on Instagram and Facebook, our Facebook page. And another way to be doing life together is to get plugged into our Bible study, our weekly Bible study that takes place on Thursday evenings. If you need the information for that, email us at info at Lighthouse805.com, and we can get you all the info for that.
1: Um, One thing that I know is... You know, a lot of people are wondering is what's what is happening with uh, reopening the church? What does that look like? And we have been talking about what is our phase one, Mm -hmm. our phase one. What we know right now is our phase one will be outside the church in front of the church. We'll do it on the lawn. We'll have bring your own camping chairs or blankets, whatever it might be. And that's what phase one is going to look like. Of course, there's a lot more details that go into it. And if you want to be part of planning our our initial rollout phase one, um, please reach out to us again on info at lighthouse805.com. You might be wondering, well, what's the timing? What is this happening? Is this next Sunday? Is this two Sundays? What does this look like? Uh, No, we're waiting on God. We're waiting on God to say, this is the time. This is what it's going to look like, all of it. And so we're, we're expecting something big with God on reopening. And so we're waiting on his timing and, and all of that. So again, if you want to be part of the grand opening, if you will, of phase one, let us know. And there's lots of um, cool, fun things we were talking about and dreaming about of, of what our, our moving forward looks like in our church. Uh, so with that, have a wonderful week. We love you guys so much. We do. We really do. Bye.
2: Bye.